Welcome to episode 27 of the Coffee Break Podcast, the official podcast of ABC Massachusetts and the Gould Construction Institute. My name is Dan Guerin, joined every week by Allison Jackson and Mike Maloney. Before we get underway, we want to thank our new presenting partner, the OSHA Institute at Keene State College. Uh, they're offering an online master's in safety and occupational health applied sciences. Gain the latest knowledge and professional connections in the high demand safety industry with Keene State's 36 credit online master's program. With your master's degree, you will expand your opportunities in careers such as loss control, risk management, organizational safety, environmental health, and safety consulting, uh, and much more. So thank you to uh, the OSHA Institute at Keene State for being our new presenting sponsor. Uh, we do have a jam-packed program. So without further ado, let's get to our interview with Chris Durso and Maggie Murphy from Construction Executive Magazine. All right, today we're joined by Maggie Murphy and Chris Durso from Construction Executive Magazine. Chris, Maggie, thank you very much for being on. Uh, thanks again. And we know you're very busy down there at the, at the magazine. Uh, if you want to introduce yourself, that'd be great. Uh, I'm Chris Durso. I am the editor-in-chief of Construction Executive Magazine, which uh, Maggie and I will probably be referring to as CE for the rest of this interview, just FYI, Mike. So, um, uh, and uh, yeah, I just, I, I am, uh, I'm lucky enough to head up our editorial team, uh, which means, you know, uh, I, uh, I help set the, kind of help set the editorial, the, the, the direction of the content that we produce for CE in our print magazine, on our website, in our newsletter, kind of just across, across platforms. And I'm Maggie Murphy. I am the managing editor for CE. I've uh, been with, with the magazine now for about six years and came from the background of working on the marketing team for a large GC in La Plata, Maryland, um, who was actually an ABC member. And so my previous supervisor was very heavily involved with ABC, uh, and that's how I came to be acquainted with ABC, found out about this position. Um, and really, you know, it, it kind of is funny to me that I've wound up working in the construction industry as a as a professional because I feel like I've sort of accidentally been around it my entire life, you know, from being a kid and helping my dad with projects at rental properties. You know, I was laying floors with him in a townhome at 13. And one of my very first jobs was working in a hardware store. And so I really have just been very involved with this industry from day one. And I think it's a really exciting one to be a part of. And, you know, from other guests that have been on the podcast, a lot of them have the same story, right? They maybe weren't, you know, I know Dan, same thing, was it around the construction business as a child and kind of came up and grew through that. And maybe when you were a kid, you never thought you'd be involved in the construction business, but here you are, right? So this, I think is a, a fantastic point. Uh, when we talked about having CE on the podcast, we like immediately got the May issue. We opened it up and uh, started going through the magazine and brought it home. Dan's got it on his desk. And mm -hmm. it was very interesting because one of the stories that I really thought was wonderful was the core values piece that you talked about Brunson Cooper and, you know, how he took a company from mowing his parents' property with a push mower, some gigantic size property. Right. And he took it to owning a $50 million a year company. And the, the headliner was about core values. Right. And why do you think that core values are so important to a company, especially a construction company? You know, I think that something that people might not necessarily go to when they think of construction is the fact that construction companies quite literally build the world that we live in and they build the buildings that people interact with on a daily basis and those buildings uh, whether they're in the construction process or they're already in existence they have the ability to very seriously 
positively or negatively impact people's lives because you know you're interacting as I said, with these buildings on a daily basis. And I think for a company to have this, these core values of safety and quality and making sure that you know they're communicating with stakeholders in the community when these projects are being built to ensure that they're having that positive impact on people's lives, I think you have to have that foundation of, like we said, those core values to make sure that you are really thoroughly taking those steps to ensure that you are contributing something impactful in a positive way to the communities that you're serving. I think it's a wonderful, like I said, the, the article was well-written and wonderful. One of the things that, again, that jumped out at me was he talked about how his company gives back. How is it, how important it is for the culture of a company to give back to the community, do you think? You know, I think it just goes back to just making sure that you are having that positive impact. I think um, you know, particularly we see we have a actually a dedicated department in our magazine to community, and we never ever have a shortage of stories to fill that department because I think people who work for these companies just feel this sense of responsibility to really serve the communities that they are building projects in. And we, we see it constantly, you know, we're constantly getting pitches for, for different community service projects that, that folks have been involved with. And it's just really wonderful to know that these companies are not just in it for, you know, the revenue, they're in it to really serve the communities that they are working within. And so it's really, I think it's really wonderful to see. And Maggie, what is the name of our community related column again? I'm it's sorry. called Community. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So just FYI. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, so I mean, the members are listening that you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. You know, Search community on constructionexec.com. Um, no, but just to, you know, kind of talk about some of the stories that we have featured recently. You know, we just did a story on. Um, this group down in Houston called the Logic Committee, and they are part of the ABC Greater Houston chapter. And they recently partnered with an organization called Rebuilding Together Houston and completed repairs on the home of a female army veteran. It was really, really neat to see. Uh, it took place at the end of Women in Construction Week. Uh, and, and this group of about 30 women went out to this, this veteran's house and, you know, it, it, the group that was there performing the work was comprised of primarily office workers. Um, there were a few field workers that came and kind of showed the office workers the ropes of what it's really like to work on a job site. And they were all so excited to have had that opportunity to get that hands-on construction experience, which, you know, it's just, it's really neat to see it all kind of come full circle. They're serving the community. They're getting a taste of what it's like to actually work in the field and construction and just really making a positive impact on the community. Yeah. And you mentioned the, obviously members given back to the community. We had a couple members um, pretty deeply entwined in the uh, recovery from the pandemic. I guess you could say we had a couple excellence awards winners who did fit outs for, um, for a couple companies that uh, did the vaccine and the at-home tests and all that kind of stuff. So it just kind of, we think about it as construction, you know, it's just, it's what we do. Right. But at the end of the day, you're really making an impact on the community. So. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned COVID because we actually did another profile recently, a community-based profile of a company in Guam who like pivoted to providing COVID relief efforts when it first, you know, hit on the island. And so I think folks just really 
really seek out those opportunities to get involved. And interestingly, uh, the thing that really struck me about that story that you wrote, Maggie, was that at least initially their response had nothing at all to do with construction industry. It wasn't even like one of those cases where, oh, we have this expertise already. They just decided that we are part of the community. We're going to help the community get their hands on PPE supplies. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, setting up, you know, traffic <laughs> signals at testing sites and just uh, providing sanitization materials mm -hmm. to various uh, community stakeholders. They just really went all in and, and, you know, as Chris said, it had nothing to do with their line of work. They just wanted to help. And then as far as some of the other trends that you see at the magazine, what are some other trends out there that, that ABC members are looking at right now? I, I don't think anything that we would tell you is a surprise. You know, it's kind of the same couple of headlines that we've all been seeing for the last year or two. Uh, I think in the most immediate term, I think probably it's just the supply chain. It's just supply chain disruption. It's just the, the it just materials shortages. <clears throat> and, and 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 shipping shipping disruptions, uh, and I think that's probably going to be the most immediate the most immediate short hope knockwood shortest term problem. L longer term, I think, uh, is the and I only say longer term because it, it it predates the pandemic and shows no signs of resolving. Uh, is definitely the talent shortage, just the the shortage of skilled laborers, because that that to me is just the is is going to be the overarching challenge of everything because you can book as much business as you want and if you don't have people who can build it then you can't you just can't you can't do all of it um, it's funny how that the whole you know supply chain issue spreads across every industry right you've got whether it be the retail side or the construction side you, know, you, you can't get the wood to build the additions or the buildings and you can't get supplies at all these different places so it, it is a it, it, it's We'll continue for a long time, I think. And then uh, I would just say, if, if you don't mind, uh, yeah, just looking a little far further down the road, one one stat that's just always stuck with me just when I read it a couple of years ago was that I think it's as of 2020, more than half the world's population. So like it's like 56% of the world's population like lives in urban versus rural areas, which is a huge if you if you look at the history of, of the human race, generally speaking, you know, people have been kind of like an agricultural and agrarian sort of societies. And the fact that in the last kind of hundred years, so much of, of humanity has gravitated towards cities um, and probably will continue to do so. That's a little more pie in the sky in terms of a trend, but it's something that as an industry, we definitely need to think about because we're, we're the ones who are going to build the spaces that accommodate all of these people. You know, and so how do you do that in a way that's sustainable, that is that's humane, that's human scaled, um, and also do it possibly in the midst of material shortages and uh, and and skilled labor shortages. Going back to the skilled labor shortages a little bit too, I think you know we're obviously we've seen that as a trend in this industry for a long time. We're looking at a six hundred and fifty thousand gap of of skilled laborers to come into this industry, and I think. While that is a trend that's happening, a trend that we would really like to see that would help mitigate some of this is just getting to folks earlier and getting to them often and expressing to them and, and you know, showcasing to them all the opportunities that are available in this industry, because I really think that that message does not get across uh, and, and companies are going to have to really get creative about widening their talent pools. We actually 
have a feature in an upcoming issue in our July August issue talking about how this company Merrick down in Houston has been working to recruit and train Afghan refugees and you place them in jobs in the construction workforce. And it has been incredibly successful. And it's not necessarily the first place that your mind would go when you're thinking about recruiting talent to the skilled trades. So I think, you know, there are so many untapped pools of talent out there. And we would like to see the trend of companies really thinking outside the box to get to those really quality workers that they so desperately need. That's a great point. Just on like the local level here, we. Uh, our director of workforce development, Steve Sullivan, has been doing some great stuff to um, to kind of spread the good word, so to speak, on uh, how construction can be an incredibly viable career, obviously, um, through grants and all that. He's done some pre-apprenticeship stuff, which is great, kind of getting the 101 for people. Um, and we also recently received uh, the diversity and construction grant. So for those listening, make sure you fill out the survey that we sent out. <laughs> good plug, Dan. Good plug. <laughs> um, so uh, on the chapter level, we're, we're doing some great stuff to try to, to get more people into the industry. Cause obviously, like you said, it's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the stigma, right? So we're trying to get rid of the, the old construction worker sitting on a steel beam eating his lunch where, you know, you can have a very viable career and, you know, own multiple homes, multiple vehicles and have a very successful career. So. You know, and I think that that kind of takes me back to a point in the article that you mentioned, Mike, the core values is that Brunson's entire business strategy is predicated upon making connections with people. And I think this kind of outreach has to start at a very local level, Dan, like you're saying, at, at the local chapter level to really talk to people in person one-on-one and just start to build those connections and, you know, network and meet folks who you may not have thought would be, you know, a resource for recruiting people to the skilled trades. And, and that's what makes ABC so great, right? Is the ability to network and connect and not just within your own organization, but outside your organization. And then one of the articles I also read in the May issue was Chris's article about the Amazon HQ2 uh, what are some of the highlights that you took away from that one, Chris? Well, that that is just uh, that's one of the reasons why I just I love doing what Maggie and I get to do, which is that, you know, just call up Amazon and say, hey, or call Clark Construction in this case, who is the general contractor on Amazon's HQ2 project, which is their the secondary headquarters that they're building in Arlington, Virginia, right outside of D.C., and, you know, calling up Clark Construction saying, hey, would you give us a hard hat tour of this amazing, interesting project? And they didn't blink and said yes. And so they hosted us for a, one very, very cold morning in January for a, a walking tour. And it was it was fantastic. Um, you know, I, I feel like maybe community and values are have been recurring themes in this podcast. And uh, I don't want to I, I want to do my part for that. And so one of the one of the big takeaways for me really was. Uh, both Amazon's and Clark's commitments to to community. Um, you know, a- Amazon has uh, like more than a dozen sort of principles that that it uses you know, a- that kind of dictate how it conducts business. And one of them is related to um, you know just kind of kind of kind of bettering the communities you know in in which they in which they do business. Uh, and Clark already sort of shared that value, but I think that gave them an excuse to just double down on it for this project. And so everything that they've done with that project 
is with the community in mind. And it's an interesting project because given, given its size, it's actually being built right, right within the middle of a, an already very densely developed area in South Arlington. It's kind of, it's right near Reagan National Airport. It's not too far from the Pentagon. Uh, it's, there's a big mall nearby. There are a couple of metro stations nearby and there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of uh, high-rise uh, office and residential buildings nearby, uh, and so that has that has, that's meant that they had to be very very sensitive in and and really upfront in communicating with the people who already live there and work there about the project. Um, and so, in in addition, they've just really gone out of their way to find different ways to engage the community. You know, before they ever broke ground. They, they, they started participating in an area farmer's market just to sort of introduce themselves and let people see who they were. Um, and once construction has started, uh, they just noticed that a lot of people in the neighborhood had dogs that they were always walking. And so a lot of members of Clark's crew just carried dog, dog treats with them in their pockets that, so that just so they can feed the neighborhood dogs. Um, and I, I know uh, J Jeff King, the, the Clark's project lead does like a weekly e-newsletter for people in the neighborhood. And he he just, just to let them know, you know, oh, by the way, we're gonna be, you know, things might be particularly loud on this day or, you know, right. here, here are the upcoming parts of the project. And he also like does trivia quizzes and gives out gift cards to, you know, surrounding businesses. So um, it's, it's funny that you brought up Clark's and Amazon because Clark's is a pretty big footprint here in Massachusetts. They uh, had an office in Waltham. They just moved out up to someplace bigger and Amazon's building a gigantic distribution center a couple of towns over from here. Uh, it's massive. It's and we're hoping that some of our uh, ABC members are working on that. But that that's pretty interesting stuff. So, all right, now we're going to move into our uh, lightning round. We uh, we'll go with Chris first. Chris, what would you change about yourself if you could? Probably would talk less. Talk less. Well, that's <laughs> I have that same. That's not a bad problem to have. So, uh, all right. So, Maggie, would you rather vacation in Hawaii or Alaska, and why? Mm, I think I would go Alaska. Uh, because partially I think I've seen kind of the tropical vibe. I went to Tortola on my honeymoon um, and I've been to a few other islands as well, but Alaska, just that untapped wilderness would be so incredible to see. My brother's actually getting ready to go, so I'm very jealous. All right. God, Chris, what's the best gift you've ever been given? Jeez. The girl. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I would just be corny and just say, like, my family. Uh, All right. You know, that, that's just a gift. I have two daughters and, you know, and a, and a, yeah. Just. Maggie, what was the last book you read? I'm in the process of reading Cold Mountain and I do not recall the title of the last book I read. So Cold Mountain in Alaska. All right. Those are <laughs> uh, Chris, are you a clean, are you a clean or a messy person? Uh, I'm going to split the difference. And say <laughs> it, it really depends on the context and the situation. Right. Um, yeah. It just, you know, like, I feel like, like I keep my desk pretty tidy. Um, but my, my wife would probably raise her eyebrow if I tried to say that I was completely a clean person. All right. And then, uh, Maggie, your favorite subject in school, my favorite subject in school. And actually my major, when I started college was history. Oh, all particularly right. classical, like all right. Greek and Roman. And then, uh, Chris, what, what song would you say best sums you up? Oh gosh. Hard <laughs> <laughs> one. See? Yeah, it is a hard one. Um, so you got your brain fair, working. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, just going to say, I think I'm... I'm, I'm Maggie, Maggie can uh, jump in an answer if she wants to give an answer. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Um, you know, there's a song called Overkill by Men at Work that I think... Uh, <laughs> really, yeah. I love it. That's that. good. And then, Maggie, what was your first job? My very first job was working at Lido Pizza in La Plata, Maryland. Oh, man. As a All counter right. girl. You are a Maryland girl. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> and then, Chris, the last one is for you. If you had to describe yourself as an animal, 
Which one would you be? They're all, yeah. Let's say, I'll I'll say a cat. (laughs) All right, cat. All right, well, that's the lightning round. That's it for this week. But thanks again (laughs) for being on. You guys were great guests. Um, We look forward to getting our CE Magazine every month and we love reading what's in there. So thanks again. Thanks for having us. Thanks, it's been great. Thanks for the time, guys. Thank you so much again to Maggie Murphy and Chris Durso from Construction Executive Magazine for joining us this week. It's always really exciting to have couple of new voices on the podcast, especially people that are super involved in ABC National and ABC in general. Coming up on June 18th for trainings, we have a sheet metal prep for exam class at the GCI ABC Woburn office. That's going to be from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. We also have a really exciting new development in trainings from GCI and ABC. We have a whole new online suite of courses that we'll be offering that are going to be powered by Penn Foster. You can check all of those out at gwgci.org forward slash events. And today is the last day that you could take the diversity in construction survey. So check your email. If you choose to participate in the survey and you'd like to be entered, entered in the draffle to win a gift card, go ahead and leave your name in there. And coming up next week is going to be Joe Green talking about safety. So we're looking forward to that one. Yeah. And like Mike said, don't forget a $150 Amazon gift card. If you fill out the diversity survey, Um, And don't forget to register for the golf outing coming up on June 16th at the beautiful Pine Hills Golf Club in Plymouth. There are still a handful of foursomes available, so make sure you sign up for that today. And before we wrap up, we just want to say thank you one more time for the OSHA Institute at Keene State College, our new presenting sponsor. Uh, They're going to be supporting us for the next uh, two months, which is fantastic. Don't forget to follow us on our Instagram page. It's at ABC GCI Coffee Break. That's ABC GCI Coffee Break is the handle. Be sure to follow us on Spotify. uh, And while you're on there, be sure to give us five stars and we'll catch you next week.